Paremai, welcome to the Cross-Shaped Community Podcast. My name is Ken Kite, and we're exploring how New Zealand Baptist churches have worked at keeping unity during testing times. In this podcast series, I'm interviewing some pastors to find out how they went about keeping unity in their church when faced with the divisive COVID vaccination passes that were mandated at the end of 2021 as a health measure for controlling the COVID pandemic. In the last interview, we heard how Mount Albert Baptist Church went about keeping unity when faced with this challenge. In this interview, we'll be hearing how Kumu Baptist responded to the challenge by deciding on a different way of meeting for church. At the end of the podcast, there's a cross-shaped reflection where I comment on how I see cross-shaped community being outworked by the church we've just heard from. me now are Gareth and Andy Davies, co-pastors of Cumu Baptist Church. So kia ora, Gareth and Andy. Thank you for being willing to be interviewed on this topic today. Pleasure. Thank yeah. you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's begin by finding out a little bit more about the context of Cumu Baptist. Um, so if, if someone has just moved to your neighbourhood looking for a church to attend, how would you both describe your church to them? Yeah, great question. We we are a real church family. I think um, there's a lot of honesty and authenticity in our church family. It's the first thing I actually noticed when we first arrived was just how people were willing to share about their lives and actually be vulnerable in that moment. And so it, it just gives a great sense of, of family and encouragement and being together. Mm. Another factor with the church is it's a rural community. I mean, it's growing. Um, but it's been a small town for a long time and so the kind of core people of the church really capture that with the way that people get behind one another um, that support and generosity and care you know I I regularly hear of people who have gone to visit so and so and and have taken a food a gift of food for them to help out and all those little things where you know it's not hard to get people to help with whatever's going on Mm. in our church whanau Sounds great. Now I expect that you've, you've both probably had to work through various divisive issues, whether that's in your church context or, or prior to that. But how divisive was the vaccine pass mandate f- for your church? This is a, a really hard season, you know, I think for, for anyone, not just churches. And, and for us, we had, you know, the, on the scale, there were people on, on both sides, and both sides very vocal and very passionate about um, their decisions and the reasons that they had done so. And so, while we weren't able to gather uh, all together personally, we we definitely felt both those coming through in our conversations um, going going on at that time. So you could say it is it was quite divisive in terms of different opinions being. Mm forced and discussed Um, but yeah we managed that through that season yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. one of the key shifts with that mandate coming in was before that with the different levels 
the government made these decisions and we just had to go along with it. Whereas going into the traffic light system, that was our decision to make. Mm. So beforehand, you know, we could say, oh, look, look at what they've done, what we have to follow along with. You could like it or not like it, agree, disagree, you could grumble, but the issue was with the government's decision. Yeah. Whereas with the traffic light system, we were very aware that this was our decision as a church and, and we needed to make sure that we had people coming along for the ride with that mm. um, or, or rather that we weren't making that decision in isolation from people. Yeah. And just to clarify, that's your decision in terms of whether you went with the vaccine passes yes. for mass gatherings or not, and then lived with the consequences of, of gathering size, yeah, depending yeah. on which way yeah. you went. Yeah. yeah. So how did you guys go about seeking unity in your church? I um, mean, obviously there was varying views and, and potential for division through this. One of the um, factors there was this was all happening while we were in lockdown, right? We, mm. It was introduced when we couldn't all meet together. And so we, our heart was just to get everyone together to yeah. talk in person. You know, we have this pattern at, in Kimia Baptist where when we've got important decisions to make, we come together. Mm. This is our Baptist ecclesiology, yeah. right? We, we present the issue, we bring biblical wisdom to that, we hear different people's thoughts and opinions, and then we pray and we listen for the leading of God through the Spirit. Um, and we come away from that with a, an agreement that we will submit to what we believe the Lord's leading us in. Mm. Mm. We couldn't do that in person. Yeah. yeah, it just made it really hard, but also a great opportunity to rethink uh, how we do things and what was really important at that time. Mm. And so we were, we were, you know, got lots of emails from lots of other organisations about what they were doing, and it was really great in the wider Baptist family that people mm. were sharing quite openly what they were doing as well. And so we we learnt from a couple of key places. So Tim um, in the Baptist circles shared his his uh, sixteen reasons why people might get vaccinated or not, and yeah. that was really. This is Tim Palmer at, yes. at uh, Franklin. At Franklin. Yeah, 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 that was just helpful for our church family to understand different perspectives. Yep. That it's not just a pro or anti. Yes, to help see the continuum and, and the whys behind it. Mm. And then we were also influenced by Laidlaw. They sent out something saying, we don't know what we're going to do, but we have these principles that we, yep. yeah. we're going to use to guide us, and we invite you into that conversation. And I really admired that. Um, and so we used that to help formulate a discussion document for our church family yep. going forward. Yep. So I think it really helped that on our elders board we had variety of opinion yep. as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's difficult in these times when you yourself have been forced to make a decision too. And so you want to bring unity, but it's not unity into necessarily what you have chosen. Um, and so that's, that's an interesting dynamic to lead yeah. under yeah. Uh, yeah. in yeah. that. So... We ended up um, formulating an email that went out to everybody, encouraging them, inviting them into a discussion. And we gave them about 10 days to pray and to talk with us. And so the email included... First of all, we just laid out the the lay of the land and we said, you know, this is what's happening. This is kind of loosely what our choices are. Um, And then from that we followed on with some principles that we saw that were key Mm -hmm. in in looking towards it. We didn't state what we thought should happen. 
Um, but we said this is, just like Laidlaw, this is what's shaping our thinking as we look towards this. And then I think we asked um, some questions that Tim had put out there to help uh, to help frame thinking through it. Um, questions like, um, how would you feel about worshipping alongside a, a person who is unvaccinated? Yeah. Um, and and like, who is the most vulnerable? Yes. And and so these questions really helped people think of other people. Yeah. yeah. The, what the vaccine d- discussion had caused everyone to do was to think about themselves and their own decision. Mm-hmm. Whereas the questions started thinking about others. And I just admire our church family and the way they, they really took hold of that. Mm-hmm. Because in the email we said, you know, we've got an elders meeting in 10 days. And so we invite your feedback and we're going to talk about it. And so we had emails, phone calls. We were allowed face-to-face discussions then, so we met with a few people, um, quite a few people, and, and even text messages and, and all sorts. Mm. And so in that, people just thought of others yeah, consistently. Yeah, it didn't matter yeah. where they sat in this continuum. Suddenly that wasn't what was important. What yep. was important was was other people, and yep. not just other people in our church family, it was other people outside our church family. And so that was a really kind of beautiful unity of mm. we actually all care for other people yeah. and so I think that was an important realization is we're not trying to bring unity on whether we're all vaccinated or not yeah. that's yeah. not what the unity yeah. is about yeah. the unity is in Christ and so when we were able to direct everyone to that it just made it so much easier to have a discussion yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you think of some examples of the, the kind of responses that were given along those lines yeah yeah we had one couple who chose not to be vaccinated and Mm. were very vocal on that and they emailed to tell us that they think they thought we should have the vaccine pass because they felt that those who were vaccinated um would feel safer and Mm. it was them caring Mm. for them to say even though it would shut them out (laughs) and then we had people who who are medical professionals who were um one of them was you know very pro and she said but i believe that we need to be opening and welcome to anyone Mm. no matter what Mm. their decision so i think we shouldn't have it and so it was just incredible (laughs) this this discussion um and so in that, people were often sharing their own choices, and then they would say, that I want to do this for other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's another couple mm-hmm. that comes to mind. They said that they are quite concerned for their children, the vulnerability of their children, um, and but they don't want that to get in the way of people being able to gather together openly. Yeah. And yeah. so if need be, they'll keep their own distance, they'll make it work. Um, so just again and again laying it down Mm. Mm. to say this is where I stand but I don't want that to determine for everyone what should happen I think Mm. what should happen is being open and inclusive so that then shaped the discussion uh, at the eldership level Yeah. yeah and we really decided to focus on the why yeah. rather than the, the vaccination mandate or whether you're vaccinated that wasn't the decision we were making instead we decided to make a decision on why do we get together and what's important mm-hmm. in getting together and so by coming up with some principles we felt those principles could be used for the long term yeah. Um, yeah. we just really felt that there were going to be more decisions going forward and if we had to go back to square one yeah. every time yeah. that wasn't going to 
do us well. Yes, we weren't making a decision just for the next step in the traffic light system. Yes. But yeah. to shape as things continue to yeah. develop. Yeah, and I think that was something that had been missing for us as we went into lockdowns over the past couple of years, just that real sudden shift and, and everything hinging on the government and yeah. their rules and, yeah. and instead thinking, well, actually, this is why we do things, so yeah. we're going to continue because that's our yeah. why. And so that, that really has yeah, helped our community understand why we make these decisions going forward. So. Can you, off the top of your head, tell us sort of what are some of these principles that you decided? So the key principle uh, that we took out of that was inclusivity. Yep. We wanted to shape things in a way that we wouldn't be shutting anyone out. And so you can obviously hear in that um, we didn't want to implement a vaccine pass, but that's um, maybe stating it wrongly. We didn't want to make the issue about vaccine passes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was how can we be inclusive for wherever somebody stands on this, whether they're vaccinated or not, whether they're pro or anti, whatever, um, how can we be inclusive? And so, yeah, and the next thing that people really came out strongly with was we, they believe we're called to meet in person. Mm. So it didn't matter if there was five of us or a hundred of us, they just wanted to meet. Yeah. And so those two factors just played a part in, in our decision making going forward. It, yeah. Out of that came easy to make a, the next decision. Yeah. And so those principles we come back to quite frequently mm. and um, they've been written up and so it's, it's a great foundation yeah, for, yeah. for decision making. Yeah. And so we decided to make it really simple um, in eldership. It was actually a very quick discussion. We had some 30-page mm. document with the yeah. responses from yeah. the church family, which everyone had read ahead of time. And then um, within a few minutes in the elders meeting, it was like, well, that's obvious <laughs> uh, about what's coming through. And so, yeah, we just really simply said the, the response has been... Yeah. We're called to meet in person, and we're yeah. called to make that a space that's welcome. Yeah, yeah. And we'll tell you soon how we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, would you want to say then exactly what where did you land on it then? So, so yes. So we decided, uh, of course, with inclusivity, we didn't want to be asking for vaccine passes. We had some idea of people's vaccination status, but very few. Mm. And and really, we figured it, actually we didn't need to know. Yeah. Um, if we want to be inclusive, if those people who are so concerned about their status, then that's that's their own thing. We're not going to make an official stance on that. So, therefore, we needed, of course, to keep to smaller groups based on the rules of the time. And so that's exactly what we did. We we talked to a few key people. Actually, they had already talked to us. Yeah. So this is what's amazing when you you're doing things different in our church meetings. You hear from everyone at the same time. But we had this amazing privilege of talking with people one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And so in that, you would hear the spirit and just this repetition of things and, and, and things moving. And so it was amazing to just have a bit more time to reflect in that happening. So one of the things that came out from, um, I think it was four different couples, as we met with them, they all said, we would love to run a group. If we're meeting in groups, we'll do that. We yep. would embrace that, we'd open our home, we would make that work. Yeah. Yeah. And not once did we mention groups. Yeah. I had yeah. another yeah. one there. There was one couple who said to us, this is where we stand on it. And, and they said, look, if we're open. If you want to go to a large group meeting with vaccine passes, okay. 
but we recognise that there'll be some people who get cut off by that, and if, if that happens, then we will host a meeting in our house. Wow, yeah. And so, great, we had mm. some enthusiasm there, mm. and, and because that ended up being the default rather than the exception, um, we said, all right, you know, you, you lead this group, um, we're going to schedule each week so that people can choose which group to go to. Yep. Um, as a teaching pastor, I was resourcing that, doing mm. outlines and, and discussion questions and object lessons and so on, so that they could just be focused on being a good host and on giving some direction to um, what they did together. Mm. We set them up in a way that we wanted to encourage kind of um, unique distinct flavours to come out in each of those groups. So the resourcing supplied a kind of um, connection between the groups. But we were saying, hey, go for it. If you want to have singing each week, do that. We're not going to mandate that. If you want to have a big prayer time, go for it. So each group was able to develop that and and start to um, bring out their own unique aspects. Mm -hmm. How many groups did you have, Gareth? four uh, to start with. Do you want to talk a bit more about that? Yeah, so we launched with four which were quite location based which was really great because we are spread out a little bit and Mm, so it enabled people to to go somewhere else and what amazed me and some of the hosts as well is when they had the first week and people turned up and it wasn't their friends Mm. but it was people from our church family coming Mm. to their home. They didn't really know them but people just wanted to meet and they were totally okay with just Mm. turning up somewhere they'd never been before and it was just so really exciting to see the church families meeting each other again and doing that and like Gareth said we were hoping for these different flavors to come through and that definitely came through on the teaching but we were also hoping for it to come through in regards to some of the recommendations from the government Um, For example, mask wearing at that time wasn't compulsory outside, Mm. I think. And so some of our groups were wearing masks the whole time and some weren't. And we're like, that's good because Mm. we've got very diverse perspectives in that. Um, But then what started to happen over a couple of weeks was all the groups started to look and feel quite similar. Mm. Just... Mm. I don't know why. That's just (laughs) what what happened. Mm -hmm. And so a realisation came out of that, that there was a group of people in our church who actually didn't feel comfortable in the environments that were being done there on the Sundays and so we started to work with that group of people to determine what we could do for them to help them um, meet because they still wanted to meet Mm. they still wanted to be inclusive it was just that that particular environment in the midst of a pandemic wasn't something they were comfortable in and there were people taking extra care uh, for those in their family or those they work with who are immunocompromised. Yes. Yeah. And we realise, yeah, we need to have some extra things in place here as a matter of care. Mm. Um, and so that's where we started up a fifth group. Which yeah. we call the extra care group. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so what, they would have taken extra precautions, like yeah. mask wearing and, and... extra precautions. And and a lot of that um, has come from, we have a, a doctor in our church family, and so she's fed into that. And we've also got a... We also contacted the Baptist COVID team to help formulate that because there wasn't any guidelines on how to take extra care. care. Mm -hmm. And so we're not doctors and we really didn't want to take that responsibility on. Um, Mm -hmm. So we contacted a few experts to help feed into that um, to help enable that group to meet um, together, which launched at the start of February 
Mm. Yeah, this mm. year. Mm. So that's that was really exciting to have that group start mm. and to see people coming who haven't been yeah. for a while and they've really loved seeing each other. Yeah, mm. oh, that yeah. sounds awesome. So, so going forward, how has that affected your church? Mm. Yeah, I was just checking this morning, have we had anybody leave because of it? Mm. And I'm not aware of anybody who has kind of stormed off. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. We know of, yeah. I think it's helped us have conversations. Yeah. You know, we've really challenged each other and there were, yeah, a couple of people who I used to go see every few days because just to help them process and think mm. and see someone else's point of view in that. Um, and even us, you know, when like I said, we made our own decision and so sometimes when we sent a church email, we would check it with someone who made a different decision to us yeah. to make sure our email was actually sensitive, sensitive to mm. everyone in our church family. And yeah. so being able to include others in that has, yeah, like I say, helped, helped that conversation. Yeah. And I was actually doing the prayer course around the same time, mm. and one of the focuses in that goes through the Lord's Prayer is God's will be done. And so I started talking a lot about that in conversations that were getting really difficult and one-sided saying you know do you believe in this that God's will be done Mm. and and most Christians would be like amen and then we have a great conversation about what that actually means (laughs) and how hard that is and and so that changing that focus is still an ongoing journey and an ongoing Mm. journey for us too It's, it's not just something that comes easy um, but yeah, keeping our eyes on Christ rather than on um, our position, whatever yeah. position or whatever yeah. topic, because we recognise that okay, so vaccination is the topic of the month, but there's yeah. going to be another one. Yeah. So how do we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus yeah. in this time? Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. yeah. kind of answering my final question, <laughs> but, but it's but which is good. But if there's anything more to add to this, yeah, what have you learned about keeping church unity in general during testing times? I mean, one thing that comes to mind is is um, people need to be heard. Yeah. If we know there's diverse opinion, but we're shutting that down, that's mm. not going to help. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if people are heard and then the decision is made that goes against what they believe is best, mm. um, the fact that they have been heard and that's that's fed into it um, is respectful. It's mm. it's giving it's regarding them. You know what I mean. Um, and it's bringing them into the process. Um, I mean, like Andy's just said, there's like there's a higher thing here where it's not just whose opinion's going to win, um, but to start with listening is really yeah. key. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple of people who I just called and said, "I want to come and listen," because mm. I don't mm. think you've yet been able to fully share what's going on with you. Yeah. So I'm going to come and just listen, and that's mm. my only goal yeah. when I'm with you. And I think in saying that, yeah, helps people to process and feel included, especially during a season when we're all so far apart um, and you can just feel the, there's this division in space, let alone division in, in preference or decision making. And so, yeah, listening and then, yeah, ongoing conversation. Yeah. When we went through this with the church family, we said, that it's it's a conversation and then when we made the decision it was the conversation hasn't ended we actually continue that so as we now go through another season of of change and and reviewing things we call it the continuing journey continuing conversation Mm -hmm. and so in that it helps us to have hard conversations Mm -hmm. yeah 
learning to to discuss, to disagree well, to continue to love one another even when we don't share an opinion. Yeah. Um, I think we can still grow in that, but but we have grown in that. Yeah. Um, another factor that comes to mind is just how much the way that we do our church business meetings has actually undergirded this. Mm. It's given us a pattern. Yeah. Um, like I said before, you know how we can have this discussion and then we come to this point of prayer where we're submitting the whole thing to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. We're laying it down and we're kind of going into that saying, well, we think we know what, what, what we would have here, but what would you have? Yeah. And, and then in that agreeing to what we are hearing and moving forward in that. It's been, we've seen it multiple times before the pandemic where there's just been so much diverse opinion. It goes back and forth and then we pray and what comes out of that prayer time we just can't deny that god's been speaking this thing to this person and this thing to this other person but there's this common thread of what he's saying to all of us yeah and so we're we're able to move forward there might be some of us that grieve more for what is laid down in that um but we can we can still move forward in agreement Yeah. yeah 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 our eldership were amazing they gave us a week off Mm. Um, an extra week of paid leave and they took over church on that Sunday and everything and what it did was it allowed us to step back for a week out of the crazy out of the pressure and when we came back we just had this different viewpoint of how Mm. things were working Mm. and and that happened just before the um the vaccine passes were announced. Right. Yeah. So we managed yeah. to enter into that space with quite clear thinking mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. this huge weight and, and all these decisions on us. And I mm-hmm. think, yeah, when you're trying to bring unity, if you're in the thick of it, yeah. it you just get all tangled. But if you can see what's going mm-hmm. on above that, it's a bit easier to pull people into yeah. that yeah. space. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Well, Namihi, Gareth and Andy, I really appreciate your time, you know, chatting and, and what you've shared. I'm sure that's going to be really helpful for a lot of us. Here's my cross-shaped reflection on this interview with Gareth and Andy Davies. Let's turn again to the letter of Philippians that's full of instructions for keeping unity in a church whose oneness was challenged by a serious dispute between two prominent members of the church. In Philippians 4.2, Paul wrote, I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Do those words sound familiar to you? They're almost identical to what Paul wrote earlier in 2.5, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Paul's urging Euodia and Syntyche to reconcile by having the same mind as Christ, which they already knew from what Paul wrote in 2, 6-11. It was a mindset consistent with the cross-shaped behaviour patterns of Jesus' life, death, resurrection and ascension. In other words, these two opponents are being encouraged to reconcile by emulating the cross-shaped patterns of faithful obedience, self-giving love, power in weakness, and transformative hope that Jesus demonstrated in the Gospel story. Andy describes something like that happening in their church when people with differing views about vaccination proposed various ways in which the church could continue meeting even if that meant they would be excluded from the gathering because of their vaccination or health status. What united them 
was their willingness to practice self-giving love by giving up their personal preferences out of consideration for what would be best for others in the church. After urging Euodia and Syntyche to have the same mind in the Lord, Paul also encouraged his loyal companion and the whole church to help these two disagreeing church members become reconciled. The way in which Gareth and Andy sought out and received assistance from helpful articles by Tim Palmer of Franklin Baptist and Laidlaw College is an example of churches and Christian organisations helping each other find unity in our churches during testing times. And we certainly have needed all the help we can get. But what particularly stood out to me, and I wonder if it did for you, was the high priority that Kumu Baptist placed on prayer and listening to the Holy Spirit speaking through one another. Gareth and Andy mentioned this at several points in the interview as they sought God's guidance about what to do. Paul also placed a high priority on prayer when resolving disunity in the church. Just a couple of verses after urging Euodia and Syntyche to have the same mind as Christ, he wrote, Let your gentleness be known to everyone, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Paul anticipated the result of their prayers and supplications would be receiving the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, which will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Andy described how when the elders finally met to decide what they should do after 10 days of church prayer and compiling everyone's suggestions, one of the elders exclaimed within just a few minutes of starting the meeting that what they should do was obvious. I reckon the obviousness of what they should do was probably the result of the gentle, prayerful, attentive, inclusive and ongoing conversation with God and one another that they'd been guiding their church through. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cross Shape Unity. Join me next time where we'll be hearing how a multi-congregational, multicultural church went about seeking unity during the testing time of the vaccine mandates. Music